Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. I think a lot of people let fear get in the way and rely on someone else before starting. Like I always hear people say like, oh, I can't start because I don't have a mentor or, you know, they'll pay all these money to go these business conferences and summits, which is good, but you have to leave it and turn around and execute after. You can't just be in there and like, you know, (laughs) yeah, you know, you're going to leave it. And I tell people all the time, like I didn't have mentors either, but Google was my mentor. Back in that, back in that bag again. Whoa, whoa, yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome to Making the Boss, brought to you by the Revolt Podcast Network. For this episode, I talked to famed publicist Kiki Ayers about starting her company when she was homeless, the misconceptions of being an entrepreneur, growing her business to make her first six figures while pregnant, time she wanted to quit but kept pushing, and so much more. How you doing today? Doing good, girl. I'm alive, so I cannot. Get- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just saying how today, like, it's still so early, but I'm already drained. I've been up since like six a.m. working. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, you know that life. You know that. Girl, life Caribbean early. women, we be up, girl. We be getting right. <laughs> <laughs> getting up early, going to sleep late. Yes. Just another day. Yes. So. Let's dive in. So I first, the first question I want to ask is, who is Kiki? Like, can you tell us your backstory? Yes. So um, I'm a mom. I'm a publicist. Um, I need to be more organized as a person, but... (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? Right. Every day day is, you know, a new journey. But yeah, I'm I'm a publicist. Um, I got my start basically like working in TV production, so I used to work, um, I, I worked for the Jerry Springer show. I worked what? on Wild and Out. I worked at MTV when they had Guy, Cro- uh, Guy Code and Girl Code and Guy Court and Girl Court and all those <laughs> funny shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just, one day I was like, you know, this is fun, but this isn't like what I really want to do. So I told everyone, I was like, you know, I'm moving to LA and, um, you know, it was like a lot of backlash. Like, you know, what are you going to do? I had no idea what I was going to do. So then one day I saw um, a YouTube video with Diddy talking about how he's going to launch Revolt TV. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be like how MTV used to be. And I'm like, I'm at MTV now. I wish it how, how it used to be, you know? Right. And um, so I just told everyone, I was like, I'm going to go to LA to work for Diddy's new station, Revolt. <laughs> Girl, I had no job offered, no contact, anything. Um, but it's crazy because 
um, that's how I ended up in LA to work at Revolt TV. So that's I, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I really talked that into existence. So um, I was just like, you know, at the time trying to guess everybody's like email address. You know? <laughs> and then I got in contact with Atuma Basa, who's amazing, but he was over music programming at the time. Mm-hmm. And he hit me up and he was like, can we get on a call? And um, that call went well. At that time, I was actually in Atlanta because I thought I was going to just move to Atlanta and then go to L.A. Um, So I just got to Atlanta and then uh, they called me back and offered me the job. And they were like, you know, we need you out here ASAP. We'll give you the salary that you want. We need you out here ASAP. I'm like, say less. (laughs) (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. So I was out. And I moved to LA. I had nowhere to stay. They put me in the Lowe's Hotel for like two weeks. And then after that, I kind of just figured it out. Girl, in my desk drawer, I had like um, like my shirts in the top drawer. <laughs> I turned it into a dresser. Oh, and my God. Yeah, so I was out there just grinding. I was there in Vault for about two years. And then on the side, I was doing like a bunch of um, reporting as an entertainment reporter. And I interviewed everyone you could possibly think of which was cool to like my friends and family but I noticed like my brand wasn't growing at all and I'm like y'all don't care I talked to Samuel Jackson or I talked to Nas or I mm-hmm. talked to I'm like okay um, <laughs> so I ended up leaving Revolt um the only problem with that was I wasn't getting that salary so now mm-hmm. I'm just making the red carpet salary which is like nothing nothing <laughs> yeah I was like girl if I was lucky I would get 150 per carpet and that's oh, wow. to like edit and write a story and do everything and send mm-hmm. it back. So if I was lucky, I would get that. A lot of times I would get nothing. I was just building up my reel, looking for these opportunities. Um, but that made a drastic difference. So um, I ended up homeless. I thought I was just going to, you know, find a different job. Um, I will say I was looking for jobs differently, though. I feel like before I was just applying to everything. This time I was kind of looking for something I was looking for happiness in a job. I feel like I would work all these jobs and it'd be so fun. And then like after six months, I'm like, I don't feel fulfilled. So I feel like I, I was looking to find happiness in a job. So I was looking for specific positions. And for the first time in my entire life, I was not getting any calls back. So I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I ended up homeless. I took like my last $100 and checked into a hostel, which I was good for, for like four days. And I thought it would be like a situation where it'd be like, you know, a week or two. Girl, it was 16 months I was homeless. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so I started off like two big suitcases. And by the time I got to like 14 months, I had like a grocery bag worth of stuff. And my same laptop I had from 2008. And that was it. Because when you were moving around so much, like I was moving around everywhere. I'm like, I don't know where I'm going to sleep. I spent every morning trying to figure out where I was going to sleep that night. Like it was just like a stressful situation. So that's what I ended up with. So one night I had nowhere to go. And again, they uh, when I moved to LA, they had put me in a Lowe's hotel. And I was in Hollywood, um, you know, at an event. And I thought I was going to stay with some after and they did not hit me back, girl. So I was like, oh, my God, it's like midnight. Where am I going to stay? I'm a female. I cannot sleep on the street. So I went into that same little hotel that I, I was in when I came out here. And I just remembered that the lobby stalls go all the way down. So you can't really see under. So I was like, OK, let me just like walk in here real quick and go into the hotel bathroom lobby, which is what I did. And I was just like paranoid. I was like, I hope the like. Uh, lobby stepped and I see me walk in and I see me see me walk in and I see me walk back out. So I just connected to the lobby Wi-Fi from there um, from that same old laptop and I was like, you know, what can I do to make money 
um, still stay in this industry, get the money I deserve, get the credit I deserve. And that's when I came up with the idea to start Airs Publicity. Um, as you know, a journalist, we're always working with publicists, they're always pitching to you. And I had a zillion emails um, from press releases to pitches in my email. And I was like, you know, I can teach myself this. I know how to write. And I would just kind of self-taught. So the next day I wake up, I go to the uh, public library when it opens and just work from there. Um, and at the time I had got contacted from Rush Card. They were doing um, some promotion. They were like, we're looking for like journalist influencers. I think I had like 20,000 followers at the time. They were like, I'm looking for like journalist influencers that can write um, these uh, summer stories on things to do. And, you know, we'll pay you. You post it on your Instagram, you write the stories. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And I'm like, I'll take whatever. Like at this point, like I don't care. And they were like, yeah, it's okay. We'll give you 1200 and I was like, 1200 like that. I hadn't seen anybody like that in a long time. So I was like, that's great. So I used a good portion of that to get my LLC. And then the rest I just put towards a hostel. And I asked my friends, you know, just that I had from doing interviews, like, you know, I noticed you don't have a publicist. They were like actors and social influencers. I was like, can I test out PR on you while I am waiting on my business license to come through? Because I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just trying to test it. And they were like, of course, like, yeah, of course you can. So that first day I went to the library, um, I pitched I was pitching two people and one of them, I heard back from KTLA, local news in LA. And then I heard back from Ebony Magazine. I said, oh, this PR stuff is so easy. <laughs> and then the next day it was crickets. And, I <laughs> and that's literally how PR is. It's like one day you'll hear back amazing news and the next day you might not hear back. But yeah, I, from there, I just kept teaching myself and getting better and better. And then I started pitching people from a journalism point of view. I'm like, when people used to pitch to me, I'm like, what would make me as a journalist be like, okay, I'm going to take time to write about this person or interview this person. So that's why now like we take clients and all areas because we focus more on the storytelling more so than what you actually do. So that's like, my company just kind of grew from there. Um, when I was pregnant, one of my friends, cause I was friends with all the reporters and journalists. We all came up together. So even when the shading first started, I was friends with all the people that started that. So they gave me a TSR positive images. And I was like one of the first people to get that. And that day, like they just surprised me that my friends there. And I was like, that, that was so sweet. And that day I got like 30,000 followers on my personal page and like 12,000 on my business page. And then it was just up from there. I had like a boogie with the hoodie as a client. Um, I've had Ari Lennox, I had a lot of entertainers, a lot of reality show stars and things like that. And then um, after I had my, my son, I was like, you know, let me, um, you know, trying to focus more on like business and tech so I don't have to like travel as much. So now we're just kind of all over. And one minute I might have a politician, next minute I might have someone that has a tech company, next minute it might be dropping an album. I, I We're just kind of all over now. But yeah, that's just how I came uh, to have Aries Publicity. <laughs> oh, I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was coughing, so I had to go on mute because I was like, Oh, going yeah. crazy over here. <laughs> but yeah, I was saying like, that's a great story because I didn't even know that you were homeless at one point until like I was researching for your interview. So you founded your company like while you were homeless on the whole, on the hotel bathroom floor. Yes. <laughs> wow. So like what goes through your mind that 
like what made you say, okay, I have to do something now? I mean, obviously, because, you know, you don't really have, um, you don't really have security yet. Right. But when you're sitting there on the floor in the hotel bathroom, what was running through your mind? Well, when I wanted to cry, <laughs> I was like, that was the first thing. I'm like, girl, you can't cry. Because there, there were so many nights I did cry. I'm like, oh, my God. I have spent like $79, which is my, which was a lot at the time for me, on like the dungiest hotel. And I walk in there and there's like a cum stain on the bed. And I can't even oh, sleep in it. And they won't gosh. give me my money back. You're like, And I just sat there and cried. Like, so I'm like, you know, what can I do to get myself out of this situation? I'm like, I was just living in downtown LA in this loft at a young age, like living in a, making a dope salary. Like, how did I get from here to mm-hmm. this situation? So I'm like, girl, like, what can you do? You have to like really figure this out because now <laughs> you're way past, you're way deep into your home. It's way past the time frame that you thought you would be. I thought it'd just be like a quick thing. And I'm like, you know, what can you do? So at the time, like, I honestly didn't know what was going to happen. I wasn't even expecting it to be successful. I thought maybe that was something I could do and try out. And then two weeks, I would have to find something else. But Mm -hmm. uh, it just started working out well. And then I started growing it from there. I didn't even know how much to charge people. I was charging like 500 a month per client. (laughs) Oh, Yeah, very, very low. Yeah. Um, And I was getting them amazing things, you know, so everyone wanted to work with me. I'm like, and then I like, when I got pregnant, I was like, girl, you have a kid on the way. Right. (laughs) But yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just self-taught, but I was like, you know, what, how did you end up here and how can you get out of this situation? At some point you have to start crying about it and figure out how you can get out of this situation. So that's what was going through my mind. That along with, I hope these people don't come in here and be like, girl, you have to leave. <laughs> I was like paranoid. I was like, they're going to know I can walk out. Yeah. Like, let me hurry up and like build a site. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's really, that's very inspiring. Like I, I know, you know, a lot of people have been homeless at one point, a lot of like the most you know, successful people in entertainment. So to hear stories like that and to see how far you've come, like, I hope you're really proud of yourself. Are you? I grew up trying to be, but, you know, I'm always like, what's the next thing, girl? You need to do this. (laughs) (laughs) But I need to, like, go back and appreciate stuff more. Mm -hmm. That's so funny because your story was somewhat similar to mine. So... So what are you from Brooklyn? Like where are you from originally? New York? Or well, my, my family was in the military, so we were all over, but I just claimed Seattle because I went to high school. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. So yeah, I'm from Brooklyn and I was working at a company before Revolt. I'm just saying I work I was working at iHeartRadio mm. and I felt the same. Like I felt like okay, what's next? Like, what's more for me? I can't just sit here and just, you know, I'm interviewing all these celebrities, but like, now what? Like, <laughs> I need to do something more. So I completely, like, I told my family I was quitting and moving to LA. Everyone thought I was crazy. I didn't have a job. Like, it's <laughs> it's a very similar. And it's funny because when I was in New York, I would be applying to work at Revolt and I would be left on red like 99% of times. And then the one time someone did respond to me, um, Jace, I think his name was like Jason something. He was like the head of editorial at the time. Yeah. So he, um, he, um, I emailed him on like, like maybe two days before Christmas 
And I was like, hey, here's my resume because I had just got laid off from VH1 mm-hmm. from like budget cuts. So he was like, hey, I like your resume. Can you come in for an interview? So- hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. So like the next day I was there in like the New York office and he said, you know, yeah, I like your resume, but we don't have any openings now. So for now you can just pitch. Um, so that's what I was doing. Um, but then when I came to L.A., I kind of said to myself, I would still love to work at Revolt, but like, you know, yeah, I would still like to work at Revolt because even when I was pitching Jason, like they weren't getting approved. So I'm like, I really wish like I could work at Revolt because I saw, I remember seeing Diddy's, you know, video Mm -hmm. calling all creators and I was just like me. (laughs) So then when I came here, And I went on Indeed and I saw the job opening for the associate managing editor. I'm like, that's me. So I applied. And then like three months after I moved here, maybe like a week or two after I um, applied for that position, I got the position and now I'm here. So, yeah, (laughs) I feel like there's a lot to say about like trusting your gut because I feel like a lot of people are afraid to. They just don't. So, like, what what do you think about that? Because I feel like, to me, the longer you don't listen, the more you're only hurting yourself. I talk about that all the time. I feel like the universe always tells you when it's time to move into the next phase. And I feel like when we don't listen to these signs, things get worse. Whether it's, you know, a sign to leave somebody that you're with, whether it's a sign to leave a job, whether it's a sign to relocate, like you have to listen because it's like everything's already written for us. So you have to listen. And um, I feel like I would find myself depressed because I would have all these big ideas and my imagination would run crazy, but my life didn't resemble that. And I feel like mm-hmm. when your imagination doesn't match your reality, you find yourself depressed because you kind of feel like you're missing out on the life that you were meant to live, you know? So you're like, why am I, why do I have all these big dreams and big ideas and these big goals, but my life is not resembling that. And it's like, because you're not doing anything else, you're not listening to your signs, you're doing the same thing. And it's hard to do when you are working a job, especially a corporate job, nine to five, because by the time you get off, you are exhausted. You're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> time to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I need to sleep. I need to, don't ask me to, to go to the body's class. Right. I need to sleep. I need to be in bed. <laughs> so it's hard. It's, and it's hard to like focus on yourself. And I feel like, too, as Black women, like, is I think it's almost like manipulative in a way when people are like, you know, our 
good stereotypes are that we're loyal and we help everyone before we help ourselves and we're mm-hmm. so strong and we feel like we have to live up to that all the time. And it's like, no, sometimes no. we <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, exactly. A lot of those times when we're getting those signs, it requires us to put ourselves first. Yeah. <laughs> People like guilt trip you to in, out of like thinking for yourself. It's crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, it, it's just like you said, you definitely have to trust your gut and pay attention to those signs because it's happening for a reason. And then when you don't, something else happens <laughs> and it's like, man, I should have. <laughs> I should have listened. Right. Damn it. <laughs> okay, cool. So. Is your like your your family is originally from Trinidad, right? Yes, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. how has that um or your background, your Caribbean background, influenced your hustle? Oof, um, I think especially like seeing my mom and every every female in my family, they just hustle. Like my mom, she was a single mom with three kids. She always kept two or three jobs to make sure that we had a Christmas or that we were eating. And it's like she could have easily, you know, went to welfare or the food bank. And it, it, but it wasn't, which is nothing wrong, you know, especially if you need assistance. It was just important for her, though, that that we saw her working. And she always, you know, told us, like, you know, go to school. Don't worry about these boys. Be in your books. Like, all that will come later. Like, make mm-hmm. sure you get your finances straight before you have a child. And I feel like that kept resonating with me my entire pregnancy. Because when I tell you, when I was pregnant, the first half of the year, like January to August, I only brought in like $15,000. And then Mm -hmm. by the time I got to December, I was over six figures. Like I was- Wow. Passed off. Like I was- Crazy. It was to the point that my friends were like, girl, are you going to take a day off to to have the baby? (laughs) Are you going to be on your laptop while you're pushing? Yes. That is funny. I rolled out a Boogie with the Hoodies um, album during that time and it went number one. And that was the first thing I ever got a platinum plaque for. But, like, yeah, I got in the delivery room. You did the thing. I wanted to make sure he was straight. And then my whole lifestyle of living, I moved into this spot that I had, like, I never thought I would live in a spot like that. I was paying rent easily and I was paying my bills easily and my son was so spoiled and it would just, it just, it's a whole different motivation but Mm -hmm. what my mom taught me just kept resonating in my head and it's like, I have to make sure my son is straight. I have to make sure that he doesn't ever experience things I experienced during my childhood. So even with my mom, like, she made sure like uh, me and my, my siblings were first generation college grads. We didn't know anything about it. She's the reason why I started college at 16. Um, she took wow. me, yeah, she took me to go take a, a test where you could do high school and college classes at the mm-hmm. same time. And uh, the first time I took a girl, I got, I had a running PE class and it was raining and mm-hmm. my hair turned into a chia. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing this test. I didn't, so I didn't pass and I had one more chance to do it. And she's like, listen. <laughs> You're going to do this. I don't care if you have to sit there for three hours. You are smart. You know how to pass this test. You mm-hmm. can sit there, pay attention, read these questions and answer correctly. I sat there the whole time I took it and I came out and passed. 
Yeah. And she's like, okay, now you're going to pick your classes. And she was not playing. With <laughs> Let's me. get this going. Yeah. So I always, always appreciate that just seeing women in my family, especially the Trinidad side, just work, and especially my mom. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I owe her all of that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> so what? Um, what are some misconceptions about being your own boss? Um, I think some misconceptions are that um, <laughs> you have all this free time for whatever reason. <laughs> you have all this free time um, that people um, kind of think that I think I think it's glamorized because of social mm-hmm. media and. Uh, <laughs> When you really are your own boss, you can tell what's cap and what's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think a lot of people, that's what, I think people, all, everyone wants to be an entrepreneur nowadays because they think, okay, I could go up here. Even, yeah. I could go buy a property and post it. I can go buy this lady <laughs> and post it. And I get to live my best life and go to Pilates during the daytime. And that's everybody. <laughs> and it's like, you can't. But there's also a lot that comes with it. There are yeah. some less nice. There's a whole level of responsibility beyond yourself that you have to worry about, especially when you have a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not fixed income. It's not like, okay, I could take the two weeks off or three weeks off and still come back and get a paycheck. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> she put into it. If I don't work for two months, I'm not getting paid for two months. Like, right, right. So really, what you put into it. And it's like you have to. You have to brand your business. You have to market your business. You have to grow your business. It's one thing to start it, but how are you going to grow it? How are you going to keep it alive? How are you going to keep paying your employees? How are you, like, there's a lot that comes with it, but I think because of social media, it's just glamorized, which is like, yeah, it, there are benefits, but there is a lot of work that goes into it as well that I think people need to recognize before they just jump into it. Right. Like, it's not like you have, you know, PTO or sick days. Like, you oh. legit have to work. Like or in your bed while you're sick, right, yeah. right. I don't care that like I don't ever come to them with my thing. I'm like y'all don't even know I was in ICU with my son today, and I still like they don't care about my arm was cut off. Like they yeah. don't care. They don't care. They need you for a service. I don't even come to them with no excuses. Like I'm, I just get my work done. I'm like y'all don't even know what I got there for you. Like <laughs> they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta deliver when someone pays you. You don't hear none of that, right? <laughs> so, what's the number one? I mean, this might tie into it too. But what's the number one mistake you see a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs make? Just thinking that they have the time, probably. Um, I think one that they, they rush into without doing the research, and uh, two, I think a lot of people let fear get in the way and rely on someone else before starting. Like I always hear people say like, oh, I can't start because I don't have a mentor. I don't have a mentor or, you know, they'll pay all these money to go to these business conferences and summits, which is good, but you have to leave it and turn around and execute after. You can't just be in there and like, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, you're going to leave it. And I tell people all the time, like I didn't have mentors either, but Google was my mentor. We live in a day and age where you can Google anything, yeah. research. So it's like, it's important to do your research. I get DMs all the time like, um, can you help me? Uh, can you give me advice about entrepreneurship? I'm like, that's so broad. Like, 
I can give you advice about PR. If you talk, yeah. you want to be a restaurant owner, I can't give you advice about that. I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> right. Start a clothing line. I can't really give you advice about that. Like I, yeah. I did myself and how to learn. I'm not an expert in it though. To mm-hmm. give nobody, and you advice. learned along the way. Yeah, so. but it's like I can't. I can't like you have to you can't wait on people like the way you're really going to learn is just to try it and do it. So mm-hmm, um, exactly. Just, yeah, I think a lot of people just, you know, because they don't want to do the work. They want to be like, OK, I'm just waiting on this person. It's like the right, only thing right. to start and really know is to try it. Your market's going to be different than mine. Your client base is going to be different than mine. I don't you have to see what works for you. So I think yeah. that's the biggest thing. Um, it's like, yo, you, you either want to do it, you don't either about it or you're not. <laughs> right. Can, you, can, you can learn as right. many skills as you want to, but I can't teach you how to hustle and wake up and be motivated and be determined. Like you Exactly. Yeah. Because a lot of entrepreneurs, they're not waiting for people. Like that's why they're entrepreneurs because they <laughs> saw something that they you know, saw it needed to be done and they did it. So that's not a good excuse. Exactly. <laughs> so tell me um, more about your company. Like what exactly is it that you guys do? Do you host events? Do you do like branding stuff? What are all of the um, services? So we just do anything like related to someone's personal or public image. Like we, so if you see someone and on Revolt TV and I'm pitching and I'm like, <laughs> Please check it out. That's their publicist. You see someone on a magazine cover, new station, walking the red carpet and talking to Priceline. That's their public. Anything to do with their public image. We do a lot of crisis management. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We do anything to keep your public image safe, but also to get it out there to the media. So, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes that might come with an event. If a client is doing an event, we'll get press there. Um, and maybe they want to attend an event that, you know, has press opportunities and we'll get them there. What are the different um, industries that you rep? I know you said you do tech, entertainment, do yeah. you do sports too? Yeah, or? we do sports too. We have a client currently right now as an assistant coach for Lakers. He went everywhere. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, this is basically any industry because it's uh, any anything that makes sense. If you're doing something and you have like a newsworthy story or something that's timely, anything that makes it newsworthy, like we can pitch it. But it's uh, the thing that people need to understand is like, we can't work if you don't. If you have nothing to pitch and nothing to do, and mm-hmm. nothing, like I'll just say, hey, sorry. Like, <laughs> and people get mad. And I'm like, would you rather me like take your money and lie to you? Like, right. <laughs> no, you, you need to, you know, a lot of people are like, okay, I'm about to write a book. I'm like, okay, well. Okay, so <laughs> here's a pen. I can't pitch about to you. Everybody right. to like, Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no page, like no paragraph, nothing. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense, too, because, I mean, you're not a magician. Like, yeah. I think people mm-hmm. think publicists, you do make you do make magic for sure, but, like, you can't just pull something out of thin air, too, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so that makes sense. Um, so what's your favorite um, campaign or initiative that you've worked on so far? Um, man, they're all over, but I think um, one of the ones that sticks out to me is this... Um, this girl, she was 16 and she was getting bullied in school and uh, for her eyebrows because this is before like people were into like thicker eyebrows. So mm-hmm. um, she started a brow kit called Brow Boost. And um, I mean, she's just gone on. She's been on Shark Tank. She has a multi-million dollar business now. So wow. I just thought it was so cute from like 
um, being bullied in school as a young entrepreneur, you know, um, her mom, single mom. And I was just like, I just feel like I just relate to her so much. I just thought that was like for really dope. I've had a lot of celebrity clients, but I love like stories like that with real people and real situations. Um, that's always fun. I mean, we're all, this is hard. We're all over. I, I mean, all my clients have like amazing background stories that inspire me which makes it fun for me because I'm like, okay, I actually want to pitch. It's something I'm excited to pitch. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's tedious. Um, but she's just one that sticks out because she was so young. And just to watch how she's grown, I feel like I watched my child grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the worst celebrity? No, I'll answer. <laughs> Mom deserves the best. And there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. (laughs) Who's the worst person you've ever worked with? No, um... Can you tell me something that you absolutely hate about PR in your fields? I hate that people try to lowball you on your prices. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate that everyone thinks that they're so easy to pitch. <laughs> like, you're yeah. so easy to pitch. You wouldn't be a publicist. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, no one's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, I think a lot of my clients believe in their mind that people are sitting around blowing up my phone for for them to be interviewed. And I'm like, do you know mm-hmm. what favors I went through to ask for this? Like, <laughs> I woke up super early to catch this person at this time. Like, mm-hmm. how I like, I'm just like, you have no idea. So, and then when they turn around and miss the interview or they're late to it, they're like, oh, oh man. Oh my God, girl. <laughs> That's, see, this is why I can't do it. <laughs> Like, you are so you need to have a lot of patience. Like Girl, it, motherhood has made me a better publicist. <laughs> <laughs> well, that good. That leads me to my next question. Like, what are some spe- special traits that someone has to have in order to become a, a successful publicist? Um, I think they they have to have a lot of patience. They have to be very organized. They have to be creative. There's some people where I just noticed, oh, and understand the brand that you're pitching to. I know the way I pitch to Revolt is completely different than the way I would pitch to BT or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or um, you know, Billboard or the stories. Like you have to understand your the, what you're pitching. It's because they're both music, you know, um, publications. You can't pitch to them the same. The way I pitch mm-hmm. to Black Enterprise has to be different than the way I pitch to Ford's. Like you have to understand the audience that you're pitching to um you have to understand from people's perspective and be nice and courteous to them you can't ever come at somebody an editor or a journalist like they owe you and they have to do something oh my god no <laughs> i definitely don't know I'm i have stories you know and I yeah i will say in that background i'm like i know how people used to come to me and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> listen <laughs> I will say you're like one of the top two, three nicest publicists. Like gen- maybe, yeah, no, maybe one, like number one. But yeah, you're legitimately like genuinely nice and grateful. Like you're always saying thank you. I mean, other people do too, but I just feel like it's more genuine yeah, when yeah. it comes to you. Only like certain people I feel like 
are genuine with their thank yous, you know? Right, right. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Girl, I'm so thankful. I'm like, thank you. And I, know, I know, I like, I know you guys' lives are so busy. So it's like, even taking the time to respond, even if you pass on it, taking the time to respond and even read my email, like, I'm thankful for that. Like, you know, like, it's like, it's on tonight. That's how PR is. Like, okay, this one's a no. Okay, let's try this one. Like, it's just like, it's, it's a numbers game. The more you put out, the more you get. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. So do you remember a time in your career where you just really wanted to quit? Like you were just over it? Well, I and why? <laughs> Today. Why? <laughs> because it's like, it's so much pressure, especially like, I mean, when you're a publicist that really cares, it's so much pressure. Like it, it you have to go back to the drawing board a lot of times. It's like, okay, a lot of times people, they don't even realize like, okay, the first round of pitches we tried didn't work. Maybe I need to come back with this. You have to go back to the drawing board. Maybe what you thought was newsworthy and people would care about. It's like, oh, you get a crickets on this. What what else can you come up with? So it's a lot of sleepless nights. It's a lot of like, it's a lot of, it's very time consuming. And mm-hmm. uh, being a mom on top of that, it, like it takes away a lot of time from child which i give me mom guilt and stuff like that so it's just like every other day it's like dang i need to pick an easier profession (laughs) (laughs) i quit (laughs) yeah i feel like when you say like having a son Mm -hmm. has given you more drive do you think you would still be this hungry if you weren't a mom no, I don't think so. I feel like a lot of my success came from him. I grew my whole business through my pregnancy because of him. So I, I don't think I would definitely, no, I wouldn't be nearly as successful. I don't even know. I would still be doing PR, honestly. I don't know what I'd be doing. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So as a Black woman in, you know, entertainment, has there ever been like a hurdle that you had to face or overcome? Like what are the challenges with being a black woman in the industry, if any? Oh, there's a lot there. You have to deal with racism and then you have to deal with sexism, which sometimes sounds crazy, can be worse than racism when you have people talking to you like a little kid just because you're mm-hmm. a Um there's a lot, it's hard to get respect. Um, it's hard to have that thin line to be like, okay, um, to be like, how do I find a middle ground where I'm not passive, but you know, if I speak up, I'm like too aggressive. How do I find this middle line of being assertive? And you know, mm-hmm. if I speak up, then I'm the B word. But if I don't, you know, speak up, then I'm a pushover. Um, and it's very right. hard uh, to find that middle ground. Um, people think they could take advantage of you. You tell them your prices. Oh no, we're gonna do this. No, you're not gonna tell me what I'm no. gonna do. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is my company. <laughs> They always do that and think they could play That's you, but it's crazy. like you don't play with Gucci or Louis Vuitton and go to them. And exactly. Ask for, you know, respect yeah. my business. So, I mean, anything you could possibly think of, like you definitely experience as a black female. Um, so, yeah, girl, every day, every day is never. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Where do you see yourself as a person and as a publicist and as an entrepreneur in the next five to 10 years? Um, right now I'm in a transitional period where I'm trying to like kind of figure out the next move. I'm definitely gonna keep my company because it makes good money and it's always about expanding and growing. Um, but I'm really in that transitional period where I'm listening to the universe, literally right now trying to figure out what's next. So um, I definitely want to focus more on like 
building a brand for my son and teaching him early about entrepreneurship, even if he's just selling lemonade to, to get the, mm-hmm. in the habit of making his own money and being able to deposit and be like, okay, I could take out this amount to buy this for myself, um, you know, to build his brand and to also just kind of get back to also focusing on myself a lot too. Cause I feel like I just completely lost that. I'm always doing everything <laughs> for everybody else. So it's like, I can still keep this company, but also venture into to new things. So I'm currently in this transitional period. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, um, do you see pub- publicity changing at all in the next few years in any yeah. type of way? Yeah, I think it's going to change a lot. You know, a lot of people wanted it for blue checks, first of all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> So that's the first thing they wanted for blue checks. Um, and then I think a lot of people are just kind of more so understanding how to pitch themselves now, too. Um, so I think between those two things, I definitely see it uh, changing. Mm-hmm. So what advice do you have for people who are going through like hardships in their lives and aspire to do what you do? Um, just to keep going and to try out as many things as possible until it works out and, and to not let fear get in the way. Like in, you know, something in your mind, you keep having this thought and, you know, the universe keeps telling you to do this, do this, pay attention because it's not coming across your mind for no reason. So I would tell them to just pay attention to what you know, the universe is telling them. <laughs> And to not let fear get in the way. There's like there's nothing wrong with trying something. It, even if the worst thing you could do is just go back rather than be like, I never mm-hmm. tried. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And then my last question to you, I don't want to stop talking to you, but my last <laughs> question is, what is your definition of a boss? Um, my definition of a boss is making sure everyone around you that contributes to you being a boss is taken care of. Like it's, it's not, nothing further than that. If you're only taking care of yourself, but nobody else around you is eating and you don't care, you're not a boss. You're selfish. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you, Kiki. This was such a fun conversation. Yeah, I'm so appreciative. Congrats. No problem. You. Thank <laughs> you. No, like you were one of the first people I thought of when I, you know, started thinking about like the show that I wanted and who I wanted to highlight. So you were definitely like in the top five people. So I know like a lot of publicists, you know, even like journalists like me, they tend to feel like they're not really being seen or appreciated. So I definitely wanted to make sure and let you know that I see you and see all the great things that you're doing. So. (laughs) Back in the back in the back again. Whoa, whoa, yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Making the Boss. Trust me, there's a lot more where that came from, so be sure to keep it locked for more shows coming soon. But in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Aisha Thorpe and on IG at beauty underscore marked. That's M-A-R-K-E-D 92. Talk soon, my bosses and bosses in the making. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. 
I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.